Welcome to the M City Podcast. I'm Susan. Hello, it's Amelia. And this is Chris. And today we are finishing season five with Yay! <laughs> Wheel of Fortune, Variety, <laughs> Good Intentions, and Impotence. I gotta tell you, these four took it out of me yesterday. Oh yeah. Oh man, I have never not looked forward to watching episodes of <laughs> of I almost said Lost. I know. <laughs> of, of Oz more than I did yesterday when I was like, you know, coming up with excuses not to turn the damn thing off. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, it was weird. It's like when I'm watching the show, it's fine, it's fine, but I just wasn't looking forward to it and I had yeah. four hours of Oz to watch yeah. in one sitting. Yeah. I think these were, were better than the first half, do you think? Yeah, yeah. Without a doubt, there's more things that happen and less grown moments occur. Yeah. <laughs> Not that oh, it was free of them. There were still Right, there others. were plenty. <laughs> but uh, there, it was like... There, there was one episode in particular, the second one, where like that involves song. Yeah. It just seemed like, this is an hour? How is this an hour? I've been watching it at least two. <laughs> it's not ending. <laughs> or even coming close to ending. I watch an episode, I'm going to bring it up, Breaking Bad. I watch an episode of Breaking <laughs> Bad, and it's like, holy shit, the show is over. And then I watch a episode of Oz, and it's like... <laughs> Whatever. Like, is <laughs> it over yet? <laughs> long march. <laughs> There's oh still gosh. story happening. What's going on? The only thing that I can maybe attribute that to is the fact that um, Oz was on a premium channel so they could fill the entire hour. Mm. And they yeah. fill the entire hour. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's not like a show that's on just a regular network or cable network where they have commercials and and you get you get forty minutes of story spread over an hour and by the time the hour's done you're like wait a minute no we're just getting started mm-hmm. and with Oz they they fill that hour and because I do the same thing I'm like seriously I started watching this yesterday. <laughs> And it's still on. Well, hey, and I have to watch some of them twice, you know, with the commentary. So, so who's for Vince Gilligan getting on a premium channel so we get a full fucking hour and uninterrupted of his his wonderful storytelling? Definitely. I am all for that. Yeah. It's like, good grief, man. It's so good. Okay. And and can we do a, uh, a an Oz, um, you know, halfway mark episode? Uh, not Oz, a uh, a Breaking Bad halfway part episode. So after next week. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you and Amelia. Absolutely. Yes, let's I'm let's there. discuss because there's so much to discuss. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can, okay, yeah, let's take a break now from, from Oz and, <laughs> and talk about what happened on Breaking Bad on Sunday. All right, so now we're finally back to Oz. 
Did you miss us, kids? We've returned to your favorite butt rape show. <laughs> there wasn't much rape in these four episodes. <laughs> oh no, there's lots of talk about rape in these four episodes. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> and we can, you know, and talk about whether or not it was legitimate rape or not. <laughs> There is a very brutal rape in this show. Oh, yeah. See, was that in this half? There's yeah, some rape. We forget how much rape there is. In <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was a legitimate rape. <laughs> yeah. But he didn't get pregnant. <laughs> That's because his body knows to reject the sperm. <laughs> It's not a legitimate rape. <laughs> oh, no, it is a legitimate rape because he rejected the sperm. I'm sorry, I got that wrong. Okay, yeah, it's hard to tell. Did you see the grandmothers um, singing the song about rape in reaction to that? No, I haven't watched the video, but yeah, I, oh, I know about it. It's awesome! All right. <laughs> you should find. Okay. I, I know where to find the link. <laughs> okay, so the first episode, <laughs> can you believe it? Yeah, uh, is Wheel of Fortune, written by Tom Fontana and Sunil Nayar, directed by Terry Kinney. The theme is physics. Rob is Terry Kinney? He is Tim McManus. <laughs> okay. Robson stirs up problems between White and Saeed. Meanwhile, Pankamo's illness might save some work for his enemies. Schillinger makes a friendly but suspicious overture towards Beecher. And Morales seeks revenge on his sister's abusive husband. And in, in this one, I, I did pay a little closer attention to the, uh, the opening credits. And Chris, I think, yes, you're right. That's Beecher and Killer kissing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wear the hat! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I get the rape hat this time! <laughs> yeah, I'm like, the hat, wrong show. This, Which yeah. actually has something to do with my observation that I was telling you about, Susan. Oh? What observation is this? But it comes in the fourth episode, so. Okay, oh. we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll just skip to the fourth episode and you guys can figure out what happened before. No. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah. I'm so on I, board with that idea. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> we'll talk quickly about these. Um, Saeed discovers Omar's drug dealing in the practice room. He takes off his hat and Adebisi comes out. <laughs> he uh, gives Omar a beating, gets tossed in the hole. Um, but McManus wants to let him out. Omar's pretty hilarious. Huh? Hmm? Omar has some pretty hilarious like Foley work in there as he's getting beat. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you were listening to the what he was saying, <laughs> but it it cracked me up. <laughs> I was like, oh man! <laughs> it's like, wait, what are you doing? No, please, I, I, please don't. And and you know, it's just he constantly talks even when he's getting beaten on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. So Sa Saeed's looking at his time in the hole as a vacation. 
they're so you know it kind of seems like that he needs to figure stuff out and he's just you know he has some time alone away from this annoying guy um McManus wants to to let him out of the hole but he's not ready to go back yet and so McManus said okay well let me know when you're ready I think you skipped something okay didn't you skip the reason why there was some friction already between um, Saeed and um, Omar? That the Aryan uh, came up and told uh, Omar that he was Saeed's house nigger? Oh, yeah, he was the, the slave, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which becomes a big plot point, or I don't know how big it is, but like it becomes more involved than I imagined it would be when he's addressing the, the uh, Muslims later. But, like, at this point, it just seemed like a ruse to cause some difficulty between the blacks. And um, when Saeed screamed, you know, come here, Omar had the realization, wait, I am his slave. <laughs> and, and that's when he got all huffy and, and basically walked off. Okay. Sorry. No, it's fine. I actually watched these episodes recently, so I have these memories. <laughs> well, good. Yes, you remembered things differently from what I remember, so hey. No, or we remember different things, so it, it there's a bigger picture altogether. There you go. Oh, one big happy fleet. There you go. <laughs> um, Pankamo's in the still in the hospital. He's getting worse. He has a staph infection. Uh, Winthrop delivers a message to Gunzel, and then they fight. Uh, in the next interaction session, Schiller, uh, Schiller, what you know his name, Schillinger. Apologizes. <laughs> Say my name. <laughs> <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> he apologizes for abusing Beecher, and then he delivers notes between Beecher and Keller. Uh, Schillinger wants Adam Gunzel in exchange for um, for Beecher spending time with with Keller, uh, but Beecher refuses for now. For now, foreshadowing the fact that it's not yeah. forever. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we see Officer Brass again. He hates his job, but lucky for him, he's got the $2 million lotto ticket because Rebidow's number's one. And I think, yeah, do they show in this one that he decides he, he keeps the money? Yes, they do. He just disappears, he never clocks yeah. out. Okay. He's he makes gone. a scene and then gets he won. That's right, he, he dances around the break room or something. I won, damn it. He kisses a bye. guard. Yes. <laughs> and then bye bye, bitches. <laughs> he was one episode short with his dancing. <laughs> That's right. He was. One aspect of this that struck me as odd. Haven't you noticed that, like, throughout the seasons of the show, whenever an inmate has something that they need done or, like, a request, who do they go to? That uh, That is, you know, uh, among the authority figures in this place. Who's the soft sell? Who uh, can they actually get? McManus. Correct. 
Thank you. So, when Reepadow decides that he needs to have this ticket bought, <laughs> who the fuck does he go to? The wrong person. <laughs> Not McMahon. And and every Reepadow has asked and, and will continue in this season. In these four episodes, in fact, he continuously goes into McManus's office and asks for favors. Mm-hmm. And yet he didn't ask him to buy the fucking lotto ticket? Yeah. Stretching it yeah. a bit for me. And this is, okay, from, from the commentary for the fourth episode, but is relevant to all of this, is that storyline with Ribidow and his sick grandson. Mm-hmm. Uh, was actually from the previous season. And a lot of those scenes were filmed during season four and are uh, now being being put in the show now. So They were just extra? They didn't have time for them? Yeah. They cut yeah. storyline out? Well, I think it might. they might have mentioned that he was sick, but they didn't really go into it like they did with all of this. I mean, the, the whole storyline even through the um through the finale episode they all they filmed all of that last season wow mm-hmm. so we should be able to see people's hairlines change right right mm-hmm. if you're That's- watching that closely <laughs> <laughs> you might see other things change i'm watching hair <laughs> well yeah, in the in the commentary, they did notice like, oh wow, that actor he's he's a lot thinner than he is uh, this season. <laughs> so, didn't this episode also begin with the Aryan in the whole putting on his clothes? The finale did, yeah. It yeah. was the finale. Yeah, that was the fourth episode. Yeah. No, I thought it was this episode. No, the fourth one. Hmm. Because I thought it was before the gums incident. No, it was after. Weird. Mm-hmm. So, okay, the the guide dog program is going well so far. Mm-hmm. Hill's dog alerts the guards that he needs help. He has a, a kidney infection, and they find out that he's been using heroin. But, of course, the real reason that he's sick and has to go to the hospital is because Harold Perrineau is off filming for Matrix 2 and 3. Oh. That I did not know. Yep. (laughs) Quick question. Yeah. How was he supposed to train the dog to do what Alvarez ends up doing when when, when the training's done? We can come back to this, but you, you know the, the, the whole path that he had to walk and let the guide dog walk him through? Yeah. That, that looked like it would be very difficult to do in a wheelchair with a guide dog. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess they would have, they would have had to figure out another, uh, another way to do it. <laughs> that just struck me when we got to the end <laughs> and, like, I don't know. It just struck me as odd. Okay. These are the things I focus on when I'm watching Oz. Okay. (laughs) The little things. Yes, I know. Uh, um, And then, okay, after the the guide dogs, uh, Morales goes to see Mukata. 
Mikado hints at um, that his that Morales' sister possibly had some problems in her marriage. You know, that's what he picked up from their short conversation. Um, then Morales' brother-in-law visits and admits that he physically abused um, his wife. And then Morales bashes his head in on the table in the visiting room. But he and, doesn't kill him, does he? No, I don't think so. Because he'd be up for right, on he, death row if he right. killed him. Yeah. And then I we get, get full frontal like, Morales <laughs> walking to solitary or the hole or wherever. Anyway. He, he's kind of built like a tank. Kind of. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he, he always looked fat to me, but he's not very fat. He's just like a squat tank guy. <laughs> <laughs> the things you learn. Yeah. When you see somebody in the buff. Yeah. There's your bear. Be not. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, you you missed uh yeah, you missed, she missed that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> but wait, wait, before we move yes. on, there was some nice salt um uh, there was a nice, nice bit of work there um, in ferreting out the truth where he uh, allowed the guy to think that, you know, he thought his sister was a bitch mm-hmm. in order to truly mm-hmm. understand what was going on. Um, but like, and we also didn't cover the story he tells about hearing the last words of the guy he threw into a transformer. I just thought it was kind of an interesting tale where, like, he's, he's like, Do, did you feel regret? Fuck no. <laughs> but but I figure that's, that's power, hearing the person's last words. So what my sister have to say? And, like, talk about lying. <laughs> Our father does a little bit of shuffling here. <laughs> he does. He, he avoids a lot of the um, flirting and... Yeah, all <laughs> coming on to him that she did, and then... Like, you know, she she didn't die happy. She died pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, another thing we also, also learned from the commentary in the fourth episode about this actor was Morales. He used to, he was a NYPD cop for 15 years. Oh, for reals? For reals. Nice. Before he became an actor. Yeah. <laughs> Did he have that shitty little mustache? Probably. <laughs> that was an awesome mustache. He wears it so well. <laughs> <laughs> I love his stash. It's short and so, like, business-like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just sits there and does its job. Yeah. Okay. Um, Timmy is back again. Timmy Kirk. And uh, he wants to be a Catholic. Mikado says no. And uh, Jazz Hoyt is sent to death row for because I guess he he confessed to all the other crimes that he had been guilty of. So murder upon murder upon murder. Yeah, <laughs> just send him all to death row. Make it a whole death row prison. <laughs> um, Cyril is still very violent. The warden won't let Ryan help him, and then of course that's making him worse. Because Ryan is really the only person who can really calm him down. Um, Ryan's witness lied to Leo and requested protective custody. 
guy, what, Glenn Shoup? Everybody lies to Leo, and Leo seems to not care at this point. Have they just... Okay, strike. does it strike you as odd, Leo's storyline this season? Like, all he doesn't the really have one. <laughs> yeah, he's just kind of adrift. I mean, like, they dropped completely his... And what happened to his secretary? I haven't seen her. Oh, yeah. Episodes. Yeah. Like, they, they hinted, like, you know, there might be something happening here. This might go somewhere. And then she just disappears, and... Leo just doesn't care. <laughs> right. Which comes up more interestingly later on with um, Sister Pete, but um, I do did like that confrontation, but um, right now, Leo's story is just like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, Beecher's lawyer, Catherine... Tells Ryan that he needs a hotshot lawyer, but the family can't afford it. Um, Aunt Brenda thinks the best thing to do is let Cyril die. And Ryan cries when Cyril goes back to solitary. Poor Ryan. I don't know. But Ryan also agrees with the aunt. Yeah. Ryan seems to be quickly shifting. Like, you know, he w- he was all for trying to help Cyril. Then mm-hmm. his aunt makes that one claim, and suddenly, yeah, <laughs> I, f- I found that switch to we should let Cyril die, quick and artificial. Well, I guess you know because he can't protect him anymore, and he knows he can't protect him anymore. So, yeah, but a little build up to this might have helped. Because <laughs> we've had how many years? Five and a half now. Mm-hmm. Of him fighting tooth and nail, basically staying in Oz by copping to charges just to protect Cyril. Like, the reason he's in there forever <laughs> is because he, he wanted to protect his brother. Yeah. And now, suddenly, in one episode, in 30 seconds, it would seem, <laughs> an impassioned pe- speech by his aunt changes his whole fucking mind about whether or not Cyril needs to continue to exist. Or I would have liked a little more build-up to that. Sometimes that's all it takes, though. It's just... Maybe. Maybe that's realistic. Yeah. yeah. But it yet another chalk mark on the this-bothered-me-Oz <laughs> <laughs> list. Yeah. Damn you, Oz. <laughs> it bugs me so. And there's a there's a deleted scene. Sister Pete has a meeting with Peter Shabetta, and he gets angry and breaks a window and gets dragged away. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, Sister Pete's meetings aren't too good. <laughs> Maybe they wanted to cut down on the amount of Sister Pete meetings that end in that way. <laughs> People yeah. completely pissed off at each other and not really happening. It's like, she really does suck at her job, and I'm glad that comes up. <laughs> You're the worst therapist ever, Sister Pete. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> She helped Beecher. I don't know. She she helped Beecher. She helped Beecher become... uh, Okay. Hey, you want to talk about characters that have changed in ways that I don't particularly like? Okay. 
<laughs> Beecher is one of them. <laughs> How about Beecher? <laughs> and it's not that he's gay or that he's finding... Well, it, part of it is, it's like, how can you... Uh, he's literally playing to two masters here. And he's like telling his girlfriend about his lover. You know? Yeah. Uh, I'm glad they resolved it, but I think that it was false to begin with. <laughs> I always thought the Beecher Maloney connection. Keller. <laughs> Maloney, Keller, whatever. <laughs> Just plays false. I mean, this is the guy who broke his legs or arms or one of, you know, something like that. He was part of the yeah, area. Yeah, broke his legs. <laughs> Chris just broke his arms. Yeah, it's like, what the flying fuck? How did this work? Yeah. It it stretched it way too thin for me to buy. And I, I there were times when I was on board with the Beecher character. You know when? Hmm. When he was the penis-biting badass motherfucker with the badass sideburns. All right, badass biker Beecher. <laughs> biker Beecher was the man I could believe <laughs> All the shit that he went through. Fuck the world! <laughs> you don't want to be coming after me, I'll bite the shit off! Beecher for the winds. Yeah. That's the Beecher, I believe. <laughs> mm-hmm. But when he became... Uh, and maybe this is... and I, Now that you're telling me that the show has been on for two seasons more than it meant to... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that... I can, yeah, I can get it. Okay. <laughs> They're just treading, treading water, pedaling as fast as they can. Yeah. Keep this boat afloat. Yeah. Duck boat. So that's Wheel of Fortune. And the next episode is Variety. Variety, written by Tom Fontana and Bradford Winters. Directed by Roger Reese, the theme, Variety Show. As Cyril's trial gets off to an inauspiciously cold start, tensions between Makata and Kirk come to a boil. Also, a priest named Mihan lands in Oz while White and Saeed turn over a new leaf in their relationship. McManus comes up with a potential solution for Rebidal's dying grandson. Thank you.
Okay, and we have Oz the Musical. Yeah, but they don't actually commit. <laughs> and it starts with Rita Moreno singing. And, you know, she's using her Broadway voice. <laughs> but, yeah, they just needed it, needed to do the, the musical parts to fill where Hill was gone. Ah. This is actually my favorite episode of the entire series. Really? Yes. Now, why? Why? Because I'm a total theater geek and I love musicals. Okay. <laughs> well, let me tell you, Buffy has a much better. <laughs> I know Buffy has a musical. Yeah, I know yeah. Buffy has a musical too. Yes, I know. I know. I think I've actually much seen it. Better one. <laughs> and and but I've seen the silent episode. Actually committed to doing the whole thing as a musical, and it was good. <laughs> I'll try and stop referencing other shows that I like better. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, that's all right. <laughs> uh, and then after after she sings, well, you know, I've, each each musical number was relevant to the scenes that came after it, so mm-hmm. it works. So when she's done, then Saeed finally decides he's ready to come out of uh, come out of the hole, come back to M City, and also Suzanne is planning a variety show, so we get more music during the regular scenes uh, with Omar as the headliner, and he's nervous about it, and of course, poet suggests drugs to help him relax, but he didn't use them, and also on stage, he he sounded much better than he sounded during practice but um <laughs> yeah he was pretty bad in pra- when he was practicing i love that he sang that song i want to be free yes mm-hmm. yes when it'll probably it's certainly one that it's certainly one that the inmates could get behind yeah he, he chose wisely I I love it. It's a monkey song. I love it because it's a monkey song. <laughs> okay. And hey, I love the monkeys. monkeys. I love the monkeys. monkeys around, but we're too busy singing to put anybody <laughs> down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> then, um, oh, and then Tim's ex-wife puts the moves on him. But he seemed clueless. <laughs> Surprise, right? <laughs> is Tim's ex-wife like twice his age? She, yeah, she, she definitely one of those women who looks a lot older than she probably is. She does. Mm. I don't see the two of them together. Even just like, I mean, not even the fact that she's older than him. Just, I don't know. They don't seem like they mesh well, which is probably why she's his ex-wife. But. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She looks like he could be, she could be his mother. Yeah. I'd buy that. <laughs> then, uh, Saeed was talking. This is the scene that you were talking about earlier, Chris, when Saeed was talking to the other Muslims and compared his attempts at converting Omar to a form of slavery. Yeah, I thought that was pretty fascinating myself. Mm-hmm. Not knowing much about the Muslims... And what's going on? Like, I don't know that I should be learning it from Oz. But 
did give me some interesting insights into um, what they do and what they're what they do and how they do it because like I remember I had this issue with uh, Saeed um, previously yeah like he, he was bugging me as a character I didn't buy him I didn't buy what he was doing I didn't think that he was doing things for the right reasons yeah there's a character who's changed in a ways I do like like they muddled him they made him more gray he's not black and white and he's uncertain at times mm-hmm. about the things that he does this is a well-rounded, fleshed-out individual. I, I can watch any scene that this guy is in mm-hmm. and buy it. Mm-hmm. There's scenes with McManus where I just can't fucking buy it. <laughs> sometimes he's good. Sometimes he's terrible. <laughs> and, like, you know, that that meter varies with the ensemble. Sometimes they're, like, spot-on. Sometimes they seem to be putting on a, a production for the local high school. <laughs> but this guy he's got the gravitas he does definitely and there's there were a couple of deleted scenes that I think probably should be inserted here <laughs> so I'm directing this episode now um, does it involve nudity? <laughs> no amazing <laughs> see I just assume anything Susan directs is going to be bare butt naked <laughs> All time. <laughs> I'm naked Oz. <laughs> uh, so Saeed invites Omar to join him and the Muslims in the cafeteria. And then later in their cell, Omar talks to Saeed about his struggles with drugs. Then we get to Robson and his dental problems. Mm. And he sees Dr. Farage. And did he look familiar to anybody? Yeah, of course. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did he look familiar to anybody? Yeah. I laughed out loud when this guy came on board. I know. Asif Manvi, a correspondent for The Daily Show. Also of the wonderfully bad Last Airbender movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. did, anybody, did anybody see The Last Airbender, the live action film? Uh, no. <laughs> there you go. That's why you don't know this. <laughs> But I remember seeing it on the IMDb credits. I was hoping it would be good. (laughs) It fucking sucked. Um, Question. Mm -hmm. Quickly. Um, Before we go into this, um, I'd like to jump back possibly an episode. Okay. There was a scene where the guard, the Irish guard, I don't know his name because I don't know half the people's names. (laughs) Is it Murphy? (laughs) Yeah, is, is the Irish guy's name Murphy? Well, <laughs> You're I'm probably t- right. Yes, he is probably Murphy. <laughs> you know, the friend of Tim's. You know. Yes, yes, that's it. He was it. once the head of MCD. Yes, yeah. yes that's it. Okay. <laughs> Officer Murphy, <laughs> draw. <laughs> Your move, creep. Um, so Murphy, <laughs> in a previous episode, I think leans on an inmate who's in intensive care or in the hospital, the one who Oh yeah, yeah, Martinez down by the guards. Yeah. And did this plot point go nowhere? Because he was trying to elicit out of him the reason why he he 
splash the guard. Yeah. He figured it had to be more than you just don't like him. There's a reason. Yeah. Gives it to me. And then he, they have a conversation with Tim where he's like, he's about to spill. Was that simply an excuse to get into the Tim takes it all on his shoulders story and like is responsible for everything that happens, even though the guy filled out a fucking application, which I thought was a great scene mm-hmm. between those two guys. Mm-hmm. But like, was the leaning on that guard only to create that scene? Because they never go back to that. Yeah. We never find out the reason, at least not in this season, right? No, not in this season. And, I, and actually, I think it, that might have been in the next episode. Because there's a, a deleted scene that is similar. So I don't know. Or maybe it was cut out of the next season, the next episode because they already kind of covered it. So. Okay. But, oh, I just wanted to bring that up. I thought yeah, it happened yeah. Which is weird. I watch four hours of Oz, and it all just jumbles together. It does. <laughs> and none, none of it has any, like, linearity whatsoever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so Robson's dental problems, he he's, has some kind of really bad gum disease, and he's going to have a transplant, um, or they grow cells of his. But he chooses the transplant, and we learn the moral of the story, don't piss off your dentist. Mm-hmm. Of course, Robson is an Aryan, says all kinds of lovely Maybe things. Learned, don't be an Aryan. <laughs> that might be true. Right, it kind of limits your. Uh, don't be an Aryan in jail with an ethnic uh, dentist <laughs> <laughs> under the influence of laughing gas. Right, and I, I, I love that line that he said. What is it with you Nazis and gas? <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty fucking funny line. It was. And twisted like, it is. Exactly. It was I, like, it was, oh, that was so wrong. But Total gallows humor. Yeah. <laughs> but it hit the nail on the head. Yeah. So, and then also while he was, while Robson was under the influence, then the doctor was saying, you know, these could have come from anyone. They, and he listed the, the people who would be unacceptable to Robson. <laughs> Which is pretty much everybody else in the world. <laughs> yep. So he's left with that while he's going under. It's like, uh-oh. But it's too late. Well. Can't seem to get our fill. We are beggars, we are losers. Drunk from lack of power, I believe in. Understanding, I've got to know when we're landing. I'm taking my survey now. So, and then uh, we have another, another singing person, Jazz Hoyt. He kind of yells slash sings about free will. And he does a lot of push-ups. Yeah. And a lot of <laughs> He makes full use of his face. Mm-hmm. Shows off his tattoos. This is a, <laughs> this is a huge man. This is a huge man. Yeah. Was, was he a real gang member? He was. All right. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> he seems like a real deal. Yeah. That's why he's probably not the best singer in the world, too. <laughs> fuck yous. Fuck yous. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
and then the dog training continues. Alvarez wants Rivera to have the dog that he's training. He thinks that would be the perfect way to to apologize, to pay back, to do something nice for this man whose life he ruined. And then, of course, his wife gets angry and storms out, but Rivera's considering it. There's a wife you can stand not to stand. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, talk about controlling. Mm -hmm. You can see it immediately. (laughs) And she was like that before. Like, every instance, she's just like, <laughs> I wonder if it if it's because you know she's the primary caretaker and you know if, if some of that's related to to that. But I mean, we didn't meet her until after. Right. It was he was blinded. So. Right. So she's always been pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> but she's never been pissed off that we know of. But um. <laughs> <laughs> And moving on. Uh, Father Daniel Meehan is Ryan's new cellmate. We know how Ryan loves priests. Yep. I appreciate how Ryan brought this guy in. I think this is the more likely sponsorship that you see in us. (laughs) You know, you're bringing the guy in, you could care less what he does, and you just go on on about your day. Mm Mm-hmm. Instead of like, let's get to know you, let's teach you the ropes, this is what happens, this is what you gotta worry about. Or, you know, the Prague boy. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> um, there was a deleted scene here, where Mian talks to Mukata about the O'Reilly's. Because, you know, Ryan's not gonna tell him anything. Um, and then Mukata lets Mian help him perform Sunday Mass. So, those were our That's a nice scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Cyril's trial starts. And of course, Ryan threatens Ja. And of course, at the time, Ja is practicing Kung Fu in the gym. And then uh, Ryan goes to Morales for a favor. Uh, Glenn Shoup needs to be injured in exchange for Jacques Hinman's death. The injury that we see later for Shoup, uh, his left arm is taken off. Brutal deluxe. Mm-hmm. Well, luckily we didn't get to see it. We uh, we just see him being wheeled into the. We got to see the stump. Yeah. Yeah. We just didn't see how it was done. Right. We saw enough. Yeah. No, I didn't. I want more. <laughs> Chris wants to know how. I it was saw done. enough. <laughs> yeah. How was the arm taken off? <laughs> was it the same elevator that they crushed the other? <laughs> that <laughs> damn elevator. <too. laughs> Or was it the dress factory or, you know. Couldn't have been the elevator shaft because they saved the arm. Oh, right. So maybe it was the dress factory. Because it was a pretty clean cut, too. Anyway. <laughs> Is it like Officer Murphy's arm being saved? Lose the arm. Got it. Got it. Got it. Redding. He sings a song about Vietnam and Birmingham, 60s style. Tell me what you see Marching to the fields of Vietnam Looks like handsome Johnny with an M60 Marching to the Vietnam War Yeah, marching to the Vietnam War 
Hey, looky yonder now, tell me what you see. Marching to the Birmingham fields. Looks like handsome Johnny with his hand rolled in a fist. Marching to the Birmingham wars. Yeah, marching to the Birmingham wars. And it's a long, hard road. It's a long, hard road. It's a long, hard road. Hey, before we'll be free. Hey, before we'll be free. Man, he is channeling Warren Oates. I want a fucking photo of Redding and Warren Oates. These two were separated at birth with a different mother. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Warren fucking Oates. Yep. Can't get over this shit. Um. He's just got that face. <laughs> and this guy's face is just like it. It's like, it's half paralyzed, but it kind of moves. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you're looking really. at Stallone, but it, like the face <laughs> actually has some animation in it yeah. <laughs> instead of just being a dead carcass on the side. <laughs> Interesting expressions. Yeah. It's like, wow. I, it's just endlessly fascinating. Look at this man talk. His eye is twitching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and then we find out, of course, Hill is still, quote, in the hospital. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> he's off in the matrix. Uh, Redding is still trying to figure out who gave Hill the drugs. Then uh, Busmalis is forced to tell Redding that um, an inmate named DeSanto gave Hill the drugs. And then Redding slips LSD into the guy's food. Then Shabetta uh, quits his counseling sessions with Sister Pete. And she wants to find out who did it, who raped him. And then she's talking to the, um, the warden, talking to Leo about this. And he says something about, well, the number of reported rapes were down. And, she's like, <laughs> uh. and she, she calls him on that. It's like, uh, it's not just about the reported ones. It's about all of them. We want them all to stop. <laughs> and then he comes back with some sort of double speak saying that uh, it has a leveling effect on the populace yeah. and it, it worked out in our favor that peter got raped is basically what he was saying this is the exchange that i thought was solid with glenn whereas most of the shit has been just light as shit <laughs> but like sister pete's like what the fuck man <laughs> that was awesome mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she's she may be a nun, but man, she's got she's got the goods. Yeah. She knows when people have like, no, you're wrong. You're way wrong. <laughs> I'm gonna do something about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like was it this episode where they it must have been next episode, right? Where they kinda come back to this topic? She's he's like, you you it was after a meeting and he he approaches her. Is that like another episode? Yeah, I think so. I okay. Think it's another well, one. save we'll it find for out. Episodes. Yeah. Um, and then Sister Pete and Gloria talk. Um, they talk about their cases. <laughs> Here we go. And then they trade. <laughs> because they suck at their job! <laughs> <laughs> 
Maybe you can do my job. Maybe you can do my job. <laughs> really? A staph infection is going to kill somebody? Yeah. It happens. Really? Heard of, um, yeah, all the, the antibiotic-resistant bacteria now. Especially in, in hospitals. That's where they're um, strongest. Because staph infections are pretty common, aren't they? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that, that flesh-eating bacteria is a, is a kind of staph infection. Ah. And that's pretty brutal. The one that Eli Roth had. Yes. Eli Roth had the flesh-eating bacteria and before he made cabin fever. He experienced that as a youth. Oh, okay. That's so, how he came up with it for cabin fever. Exactly. Um, okay. And it gets really gross in cabin fever. Okay. I still haven't seen cabin fever. I have actually seen cabin fever. Oh my gosh. I I intend to, but like for some that the whole idea of a flesh eating bacteria kind of weirds me out. And mm-hmm. as much as I've seen and appreciate horror films, <laughs> actually kind of squeamish <laughs> or. Not screamish. That'd be the. I I'm disturbed by things, <laughs> or can be if they're quality, if they're done right, or they're a topic I just don't want to deal with. It's something real. <laughs> oh, well, there's a lot of things. You know, shootings are real, murders are real, yeah. rapes are real. <laughs> but like um, flesh-eating bacteria. <laughs> Kevin Fear will do it to you. Mm. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. The it shaving doesn't... scene. <laughs> That there, there was also there was a scene with two of the characters. It was possibly sexy time. Oh, 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 oh! I don't want to know anymore. <laughs> and he puts his hand somewhere, and Ooh, oh no! Oh, I thought I was thinking something else. <laughs> no, no, he puts. His I hand. thought he put something else somewhere, no, and then no. it came out without flesh on it. <laughs> oh, God. No, he puts his hand somewhere, and I, if I remember correctly, pulls flesh out. Uh, oh, nice! <laughs> wow. <sighs> okay, <laughs> I have to go watch a sitcom now. <laughs> Are you sure you don't want to put on Dead Ring? Uh, Dead Ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's watch Dead Ringers and Street Trash. Street Trash! <laughs> <laughs> I'm back to Oz. <laughs> I will derail this movie! <laughs> we're almost done. We're almost done. Podcast! It's not Whatever a movie. Whatever it is we're doing. <laughs> it's only a movie. It's only a movie. Standing naked before you Don't you want more than my sex? I can scream as loud as your last one But I can't claim innocence Oh, God, could it be the weather? Oh, God, why am I Love isn't forever, and it's not the weather. Hand me my leather. Father Mukata, he's the next to sing.
He's got a voice. He, he is a Broadway he actor, yes. He had the mic on, so you knew he was serious. There you go. Yeah. Oh, God. Kata's got the mic. And he's doing sexy time things. What's going on? Well, he's the priest. He has to. He has to do the sexy time things? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Because oh, okay. priests are known for their sexy time things. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, not good priests. <laughs> Bad priests are known for sexy time things. But they're not very sexy. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yes, to avoid any more rape jokes, we'll move on. <laughs> uh, Hoyt is on death row. And he finds out Timmy Kirk is still alive. Timmy. Timmy! <laughs> Confesses to, to Glenn. And he gets uh, Kirk put in the cell right next to him. Next, uh, Father Mukato was injured in an arson fire. And that was uh, Timmy's revenge. Mikado was injured and two other priests were killed. Again, what's happening is B.D. Wong is working on um, Law and Order SVU. Mm-hmm. And so he, and so they're kind of, they're letting him go do that for a while. Does so, he, is he a regular on SVU or is it just yeah. for... Yeah. yeah, he's he's a psychiatrist on SVU, so he shows up. Dude, sure. is he fucking pegged? He's a psychiatrist in everything. <laughs> he was a fucking psychiatrist in Awake. Yeah, he was, right. wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that, uh, typecast for life as a psychiatrist <laughs> who has issues with you and gives you lip. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then... Um, did I mention I like awake? Yeah. Yeah. We talked about that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just making sure I couldn't derail it again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we talked about that in episode number. Uh. <laughs> you creep into my heart and make my heart burn. You sneak. Into my mind and make my head ache. Look, it's time to face the music. Bye bye. Don't slam the door. This is the last duet. Last chance. Uh, Beecher singing about love in a duet with Schillinger. <laughs> and, and they both have pretty good voices, yeah. The last duet I'll ever do with you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and record these and insert these in, uh, in the podcast. Okay. This is a goodie. Maybe yeah. only the good ones. You can probably skip some. Nah, I'll put them all in. 
Okay, it's your podcast. It's your goddamn show. <laughs> okay. And Chris is going to start yelling slash one of singing. My, one of my favorite things to happen in a podcast is a guy was arguing with another guy. And he's like, it's my goddamn show. <laughs> I'm just, oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> People gave him shit about that for shows on end. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, Go ahead, Garnet. It's your goddamn show. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then here we have a we have another deleted scene that I'm going to insert here. Um, <laughs> another of the three way interaction sessions, showing our Beecher and <laughs> that just doesn't sound right. They show us men on man acting. <laughs> Does not sound right at all. Maybe we should. There's your nugget. The three way. Okay. Three way interaction between. (laughs) Between Schillinger, Beecher, and Saeed. Mm. With uh, Sister Pete supervising. (laughs) Oh, Sister Pete getting aggressive, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So in this one. Rolls up her sleeves and says, you're going to get a full mess. Right, and then she <laughs> takes out the lube. <laughs> okay, but anyway. Any in this one mode. Bend over, boys. Why did they delete that scene? Exactly. So in this deleted scene, Schillinger de- denies having anything to do with Beecher's wife's death. Honestly, what? <laughs> what? He denies having anything to do with Beecher's wife's death. Because in a previous interaction session, with when it was just the two of them, just Schillinger and Beecher, he kind of hinted that it might not have been a suicide. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I remember that. No, I thought you wanted to get to the bottom of the rape. Or is this a cut scene? This, yeah, this is a deleted scene, yeah. Okay, now I'm on board. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, confused, wrong scene. <laughs> yeah. That's just, you know, it's it's deleted, and that's where I, I think I wanted to put it in the show. I, so You yeah. keep putting things in the show that neither uh, <laughs> Amelia or I have seen. You I know, because, <laughs> right, because it's on the DVD. I um, know. <laughs> a deleted scene from the DVD. I got it, I got it. Okay. But we can't comment on deleted scenes much. I know, I'm just letting you know that's what happened. Okay. Frustrating <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> her, yes. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> From afar, thousands of miles. <laughs> so you want that as a ringtone? <laughs> I frustrated her. <laughs> yeah. So, so <laughs> back to what you guys did see. Uh. Catherine is still talking to talking to Keller, trying to work out the facts of his case. He still doubts the the witness, and um, Catherine believes that Keller is a liar, and she can't um, defend him anymore. And then she confronts Beecher, tells him about what happened, and then she breaks up with him too. Breaks up with both her boyfriends. 
when you read that script, it's sort of like, okay, I'm no longer on the show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is the write me out scene. <laughs> yeah. At least she didn't get killed or raped. Exactly. She managed to get away from Beecher without getting too close to Beecher. Mm-hmm. Not Beecher. Um, Keller. Keller. <laughs> because you never know what he'll do. Mm-hmm. And then in the, the next scene, we have uh, Gunzel. He embarrasses Beecher when Beecher tries to talk to him. And then, um, it's kind of, then Beecher kind of figures, well, I'm done with him now. There's nothing he can do to help. And so he goes to Schillinger and accepts his offer. Tells him he can have the boy. Actually, that's not helping. That's actively hurting. <laughs> it's not like there's yeah. nothing he can do to help. There's something he can do to harm is what that goes to. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then he, he convinces um, McManus to send Gunzel to Unit B. See, this is the part where <clears throat> I'm not digging Beecher's development. Mm-hmm. This is a little too needy, a little too m- filled with malice. Mm-hmm. Yes, the guy called him a fag. Yes, the guy is kind of a jerk. But he knows what he's sending that kid to. He's been through it. Oh, yeah, he knows. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that was their intent, but they, they... Talk about not liking a character you used to like. <laughs> that would be my take here. Yeah. Then we have, we're back to protective custody with Keller and Claire Howell. And Keller's finally, he says no to Claire. And you know what happens then because <laughs> she hates, she, she's, you know, she's the boss, not him. So they fight. She, she wins. <laughs> you say what? that like you're surprised that she won. <laughs> Well, <laughs> no. <laughs> and She's a Hilda beast. Of course she was. <laughs> <laughs> and Keller gets sent to the hospital. And so when Beecher shows up, he's not there. And Beecher's disappointed. I and like then, when she talks to somebody on the phone and says, <laughs> like, uh, how she took care of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> She, oh no, she says that to to Beecher, doesn't she? I, I don't know who she says it to, but mm. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Sorry to no, interrupt. I think she does. I think Beecher shows up and he asks about him and she says he got out of control or something and she took care of it. Yeah, I think that was the scene in question. Okay. okay. When he's finally going to meet him and gives him and is looking to deliver the mail. All right, go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) Not a euphemism. Deliver the mail. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or have some coffee. Right. (laughs) Or get a drink. (laughs) Go anywhere near an eating establishment. (laughs) Then, uh... The building. (laughs) Right. Beecher has a... Has a solo. He sings again. And then, to end the show, he finds... A bloody, raped, shaking Gunzel in the gym. On days like these, when the rain won't fall, and the 
the sky is so dry that even birds can't call. I can feel your tears disappearing in the air. Carried on the breeze on days like these. But you can't reap what you don't sow. And you can't plant in hollow ground. So let us fill this empty earth with hope until the rains come down on days like these. Variety. And our next episode is Good Intentions. Chris? Good, 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 good intentions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking up good intentions. The singing part uh, is over. <laughs> good Intentions, written by Tom Fontana and Bradford Winters, directed by Adam Bernstein. Adam Bernstein returns, ladies and germs. <laughs> Uh, theme, good intentions gone bad. This begins with fire! Fire! <laughs> Hill's recovery leads to renewed friction between Redding and Morales. Morales. Alvarez gets his wish. The man's best friend program is finished and Meehan presents some revolutionary ideas to help Cyril. <clears throat> Meanwhile, Beecher's attempt to help Gunzel mm-hmm. uh, doesn't work as planned, and Martinez seems close to spilling his spilling the beans about brass. Ah, so this is the episode. Yeah, yeah, it was way the fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you said, it all runs together. <laughs> it all runs together. Yeah, completely and utterly. Mm. Y'all know that. The guy who co-wrote this episode and Variety is O'Reilly's Ryan and Cyril's brother. Yeah, yeah. So all all three of the um, the Winters boys. Well, and I think there's one more who did post some music for the show too. I was gonna say there is one more. I don't know if he had anything to do with the show, but there is one more. Yeah, there there was another one who composed music. So all the Winters boys worked on the show. Ryan got his family connected. Mm-hmm. There's no nepotism like nepotism. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. I realized halfway through that that did make up. Yeah, I thought hair. we lost you there. I thought, uh-oh, Chris disconnected. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, and from from the commentary in the next episode, we find out that. Tom Fontana and Dean Winters, they met at a bar. Hmm. So it worked out well for the Winters family. And for Fontana, too. So. Anyway. <laughs> and he also met the, the actor who plays Arif. He met him at a bar, too, another time. So it pays to go to bars? 
Yeah. <laughs> LA. As long as Tom Fontana is going to be there. <laughs> if you're a struggling actor. Yeah. Need work. It's called networking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's networking, folks. Mm-hmm. It really works. Mm-hmm. So start cool. networking, Chris. Yeah. I'm going to start hanging out at bars. There you go. He'll returns to Oz. <laughs> Um, and Hill confronts uh, Bismelis about his lie. So the next person in line to be blamed for giving Hill the drugs is Gera. And then um, Morales and Redding fight, and then they both get sent to the hole. So we get to see Morales naked again, and we get to see Redding, <laughs> which we really didn't need to. Anyway. Um, are you saying Redding asked for equal time? I guess so. <laughs> like, hey, if you took him to the hole, you got to take me to the hole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan is back and he's talking to me and he says, the last thing I need is hope. So, <laughs> and he might be right because the jury convicted Cyril. And then uh, Ryan started a fight with Ja in the gym. Wait, wait, wait. Can we go back to Cyril for a sec? Okay. When did the scene with Sister Pete giving Cyril the sock occur? Next episode. What? Yep. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, yeah. So, the, the, with the fight, the fight in the gym, Jaw was practicing kung fu again, and so um, we get to see all his fancy moves here. He uh, did, you know, a Chuck Norris spin kick on a guard, and then um, Ryan picked up a baton and starts beating him, and the guards kind of think that Ryan did them a favor there and are kind of looking out for him but jaw on the other hand he needs medical attention but he's in solitary and he's not getting any medical attention and he's getting more beatings and this was the plan according to ryan he was going to get the hacks to do it to kill mm -hmm. him for him mm -hmm. just might work but uh father mian saw that it was a setup and confronted ryan about it and then uh, we're back to the to the dogs. Penders talks about dog fights, and then he gets his dog to attack a guard because he loved the dog, but he hate, hates people. <laughs> so he was never really a good candidate for this. He's a fun character, and that was a fun scene. I just don't see him being able to train a dog to attack like that in such close quarters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when, when did he do that? When did he train that dog to do that? When and how? This is an example of, this is a great idea for a scene. I want to see that scene. I don't care how we get to the scene, but we're going to do it. <laughs> that happens on Oz. Yeah. So then uh, Rivera decides that, yes, he, he does want the dog that Alvarez trained. And, you know, I, get, uh, I got a little nervous when... Alvarez said, trainer special for you. you know? <laughs> yeah, I did Can anybody too. else? Yeah. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I did because it was like these guys will do any fucking thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's. But there's just... still something he says afterwards that, that like I didn't quite catch. Right. He said something to him in Spanish. Um, uh huh. That we need translated. Uh, can I bring up something that has bothered that's bothered me like the last couple of episodes? <laughs> Uh, no. Yeah. Oh, it's actually Oz related. Damn. Damn. D-I-M is what. <laughs> Bring it in. And hope. Amelia. <laughs> oh, man. So, what's going on? Okay, this is what's what's bugging me. I, I understand the nature of prison. You're constantly getting new people. But for the sake of the show, could they have stopped introducing new prisoners? <laughs> <laughs> At least, you know, halfway through the second to the last season. <laughs> Let's stop introducing new characters. Why do you keep doing that? Because they need to have on hand at any given time enough people that can be potentially whacked without right. severely limiting the storytelling potential of the show. I think, Plus, you know, it's bad. down if they keep introducing new people. It's like, oh, this is your fifth year? You should have been killed off long ago. Sorry, we'll get right on that script. Here you go. You're dead. Get the fuck out. <laughs> no I, feel, I feel like it's bad no enough for, like, Chris and I who can't remember characters names who've been on the show all along <laughs> right <laughs> and we're watching this show like pretty quickly so i keep... should rem- <laughs> be a little better than that <laughs> they should but they don't and they keep introducing new characters and we've got to remember who these people are and we've got the main ones we got beecher we got alvarez we've got officer murphy now <laughs> <laughs> Still not entirely sure about Officer Murphy, and I just—he's the guy who was in the Avengers. I I just like in the last couple of episodes have been able to get it to stick in my head which one Alvarez is. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, but you know that's understandable too. I mean, Alvarez did leave the show for a period of time. A more significant t- period of time than these people who left for movies. By the way, how the fuck is it that you can film a movie in two episodes? Well, maybe... <laughs> a you know. script time. It's like, you have to leave because you're on a film? Doesn't that mean you leave for the entire season? Not for an episode and a half? Well, maybe they were done with most of the big scenes. It depends on how they're shooting, because, you know, Michael J. Fox shot Back to the Future while he was shooting Family Ties. <laughs> yeah, but it I all comes back to Michael. Great Family Ties, because he was brought in at the last second. We are watching you, Monk. <laughs> well, you can edit the next one. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Then McManus finally comes up with an idea to help Ribadow's grandson. He's going to search the prisoner database for a match. Uh, He found one. He found a a guy who matches and talks to him, but the man refuses to donate because then people will know he has a mixed race background. 
Okay, see, that was kind of, that That was one of those jacked up things that Chris talks about because, and the guy was right, the guy said it, he shouldn't have told him that. He shouldn't mm-hmm. have told Rivadal that he was a match. Because now someone else knows. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, Tim, but they also established that Tim is breaking rules by doing this for Rivadal in the first place because he's looking for redemption. He actually <laughs> says those words. I'm looking, he's like, this is redemption. I'm willing to break all these rules. And we've seen Bleeding Heart Tim before. So, yeah, the fact that he's fucking doing something wrong, <laughs> I'm completely understanding at this point that mm-hmm. this is the character. This is what he does. And especially to an inmate. Fuck the inmates. These guys could care less about the inmates. Look at Glenn all season. Yeah. I, I'm innocent. I don't care. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's like the Terminator of Wardens at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I love that scene. And this wasn't this season. Ah, season. This wasn't this series of episodes. This was the previous one, but I don't think we talked about it. The scene where the guy who taught the dog to sick another guy Mm -hmm. went to the warden in order to ask a favor because he felt the warden owed him because he saved his life. Or he, like, at least was involved in uh, restraining the guy who was trying to kill him. And, like, the warden just stares the guys down and says, I hate it when people come to me with favors. (laughs) And he's like, that ain't right. That ain't no kind of right. What's going on? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, this reference is either too far away. Yeah, I don't remember it. Or doesn't matter and people don't give a shit <laughs> one or two of these <laughs> no i don't remember you don't remember this exchange no i don't either you don't remember seeing the guy who's training the the german shepherd dog before talking with the ward no you don't remember him during the scene where he comes to solitary and solitary's under siege by uh i remember that clayton yeah I remember well, that. Remember the guy who helped the warden out there? Yeah. That's the guy who went to see the warden. Yeah, I mean, I know that. I just don't remember that that scene with him and the warden. Oh, okay. I thought it was a good scene. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it also illustrated my point, which nobody remembers, so it doesn't fucking work! <laughs> <laughs> Well, somebody listening might remember. Nobody listens to this! (laughs) Who are these listeners? Have we ever gotten any sort of feedback on the show ever? Has there been one comment? That wasn't one of us! (laughs) I know one person who listens to the show. No way! I do. Fictional! Is his name Harvey? Is he a rabbit? Well, we get more than three downloads of, of this show. Those are so. by accident! They give a click on other things! One of those is me! <laughs> right, more than hey, three. There's three, three of us. <laughs> but I don't download it, so you're saying it's a phantom person out there. There you go. Listening to this. Yeah. Well, is please write several? in. I'd love to hear from you. <laughs> please tell us what you think. You know what's horrible is I hear the name Harvey now, and I no longer think of the rabbit. Aww. 
I think of Harvey Levin from TMZ. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> really? Yeah. I would have thought Harvey Milk, maybe. No. Harvey no. Levin. Harvey, Harvey Lemon? Harvey oh. Levin from TMZ. The guy that created TMZ. Oh. One thing about this episode that I think they were an episode short on, it should have been, it should have happened in the previous episode. But they had Ben Vereen. Right. The what? Ben, ben Vereen. Oh, yeah! Ben Vereen should have been in the previous been. episode. Yeah, he should have. That would have been awesome. But he couldn't have danced because he can barely walk. Oh, poor Ben Vereen. I think that was the character he was playing could barely walk. Yeah. Not Ben Vereen. And, and, you know, that was another thing that they brought up about Hill. Because um, Harold Perrineau, I guess he used to be one of the Alvin Ailey dancers. So that's what they do to dancers on this show. They hobble them. Yes. <laughs> they take out the sledgehammer and say, "Come on down." You know, you know. It's funny, and y'all are gonna laugh at me for this, but I was watching um, the first season of Glee with a commentary, and <laughs> apparently, wow. apparently, yes, I love Glee. I'm a Gleek. Um, the best dancer in the cast is the kid that plays the kid in the wheelchair. <laughs> Following a fine tradition of Oz. Exactly. Okay, so after the uh, Ribbonhouse conversation with Ben Vereen, he decides to look for a faith healer. He's got to do something, right? Wait, I thought his conversation with Ben Vereen was after he'd started looking for a faith healer. And he was surprised that he knew that he was looking for a faith healer. Well, I guess, you know, the Ben Ben Vereen's character also is like Rebidow and kind of knows what's going on and said, hey, we need to talk, you know? Hmm. I don't know. That's what I'm just imagining. <laughs> <laughs> because otherwise, how would he know, right? Right. Because the writers needed to get to a scene and they could care less <laughs> how they got there. That's yeah. how this scene came about. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Doesn't fucking matter. Put it in the fucking script. Write it down. Then <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, in the next scene we have Clarence. He talks to Leo Glenn about the fire at Mukata's church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess tells him that that Timmy was responsible, requested it. Next uh, we have Robson. He's been depressed since his dental surgery. Ah, he uh, he doesn't know where the new gums came from, and he's drooling talk- blood into a cup throughout yeah. the scene. <laughs> that is one of the more vile things I've seen on the show. <laughs> oh, I bet you loved the other scene in the yeah, next episode. Glory. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I'd rather have 40 arms cut off than that bullshit. <laughs> uh, Schillinger decided to call in the big boss who was angry about his wasting time to come to Oz, and that's how I felt about that scene. Um, <laughs> So. Wait, wait, do you realize who the big boss is? Who is the big boss? No. You don't know this guy? How about you, Amelia? I don't know. This is Roy Thinnis. Roy Thinnis was the star of The Invaders. So. <laughs> <laughs> so then. There's nobody. 
<laughs> Dr. Farage comes back. He quits. He quits his job that day. Um, because he's the smartest person I've seen on Oz yet. I'm getting the hell out of here. And then, well, what about he starts that rumor? <laughs> you know, he gives Poet a note and some money to start a rumor about where the gums, where Robson's gums came from. Yep. And said, it didn't come from me. <laughs> right. And so then uh, Robson and Farage fight. Hey, Farage wins. All he had to do was hit him in the mouth. That was easy. Um, then Robson gets tossed into the hole. Schillinger decides that he's out of the Brotherhood. Mm. Actually, and, I thought that was pretty impressive, that uh, escape from Robson. Oh, yeah. Because Robson started that with a shank in his back. Yeah. <laughs> he, man- he managed to escape without harm and get in a, a few licks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then call for the fucking guard. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, that is the most badass move I have ever seen a dentist pull <laughs> in any prison movie ever. <laughs> this guy rules. <laughs> How many prison dentists have you seen? No. Uh, <laughs> one. And he's the best. Oh my gosh. Okay. So then Keller comes back. Uh, he's got hearing loss in his left ear because of the beating that he took from Claire. And then we see Beecher. Beecher feels bad about what he's done to Adam Gunzel. And ask Sister Pete to talk to him. But, um, of course, Schillinger threatens Gunzel. He doesn't say anything, but she's determined to get to the bottom of this anyway. And so Schillinger sets up Gunzel to be killed. And so he he dies during an escape attempt. Yeah, and, a sad end for a sad character. Yeah. And in a deleted scene unrelated to that, that I couldn't find anywhere to insert in the episode, so here it is at the end. <laughs> um, Martinez tries to convince Murphy that he alone slashed Brass's Achilles tendon. Who was and that tried to convince him? Martinez. Really? Mm-hmm. Martinez t- tried to take sole credit. Yeah. Why? Sole credit and blame. Well, to protect Morales, I'm sure. So and so, you know, the rest of the the gang wouldn't, you know, turn against him. That would have made Martinez seem a little more sympathetic. For a character I don't find very sympathetic. <laughs> <laughs> Just interesting. Yeah. How did the actors feel when these scenes got cut? Do they ever talk about them? Do no. They have they're, they're, any of the secondary guys on? No. Mm-mm. See, it would have been interesting to get like do the behind the scenes stuff, uh, the commentary tracks, as like the same ensemble that created the show, so it wouldn't always be the same people. Right. And you'd get some of the lesser known guys who could comment on the whole series as they saw it. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Yeah. I guess I'm working on the Oz Blu-ray now. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so the finale for season five is called Impotence. Just like I felt this finale was. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> 
<laughs> this will be fun. <laughs> it was written by Tom Fontana. Mm-hmm. Directed by Alex Zakruski. The theme, erectile dysfunction. We, we learned all kinds of fun facts about impotence. Things for me to avoid at all costs. Yep. <laughs> oh, bike so, riding for me. I'm out. <laughs> Done. <laughs> anyway, Robson goes to extremes to remedy his gum dilemma. Yeah. <laughs> McManus, yeah. McManus struggles with personal turmoil over his decision to stay at Oz. And Ribadau deals with his grandson's fate. Meanwhile, Gusmalis gets a huge surprise from his former fiance, and an agreement between Morales and Urbano ends in trouble for another prisoner. Trouble? Really? <laughs> yeah, so, trouble. Right here in MC. <laughs> Capital T. <laughs> Don't rhyme with B, and that means yes, sir. <laughs> So, yes, this had had a commentary with Tom Fontana and Dean Winters. Dean and Winters. They they mostly just watched the show and commented on it, kind of like we would do in a commentary. <laughs> and I doubt it's in... like we would do in a commentary because we'll be talking about shit that has nothing to do with this show. <laughs> in a That's what they did. <laughs> That's what they did. So there's there's not as much. Not as many nuggets in this one as there were in previous commentaries. <laughs> so, this one. This is the shot you were talking about, Chris, when Robson gets out of the hole. I guess it just emblazed itself on my brain. I assume it started yeah. that. It's like, this show began with penis. <laughs> <laughs> yep. God damn it. And hey, he he got they had to show off that prosthetic again because he's the one who got you know the tip bitten off by uh, Beecher. He is. You know, I don't I don't think I I made that connection all this time. Really? What? <laughs> yeah, he's the one. Oh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm missing out on half the show. I guess, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, that makes the animosity between the two characters more funny. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to okay. look at those scenes with a new light, but I don't want to rewatch those episodes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll have to just have wishful thinking on that one. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you could put together a montage, edit me together all the Robson and. <laughs> <laughs> and Beecher scenes, like in a little six-minute yeah. thing. Because he has nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah. No, I have nothing else to do. Yeah. Jump on that. And, you chop chop. Yeah. First, I gotta learn how to edit video. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so he goes back to Unit B, and none of the Aryans are speaking to him. And Vern gives him the bad news that he's out of the Brotherhood. And so. Um, then that night he tries to cut out the new gums because, you know, then maybe they'll let him back in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a horrible scene. Yeah, so, moving on. Alvarez, Emilia know who, knows who he is now. <laughs> I do. And we, for before s- we move on, and it's not about that scene in particular, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. note the care in Vern's 
demeanor over Robson or Robson or however you pronounce his name. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's, he's out, but still, he didn't want him to... Well, not just that. I mean, like, the scene where you actually stood up for him to the Grand Wizard or whoever the fuck Roy Thinnis is supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they call the lead KKK guy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why is it so funny? <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny. It just is. Yeah. Damn. So, okay. Okay, Alvarez. Back to Alvarez. For some reason, he's up for parole. (laughs) We've lost Amelia. She just fainted. (laughs) That's what I heard. (laughs) Tim Tim thinks that Alvarez has a chance at parole. What? (laughs) Tim's delusional. He is. Everybody is delusional in this Mm -hmm. And then, you know, of course, during the hearing, Miguel attacks one of the board members, but he he was provoked, but still, it was a test. He failed. He was doing so well, too. He was training the dog, Julia, or Julie, or whatever her name was. Do you think the, the parole board members, like, have a little side bet going with them? Oh, like, sure. Who gets to do the taunt this time and <laughs> test people who are trying to get out of prison and how often they have to prepare for that leap across the table. <laughs> like, I'll, be, I'll be the guy. I'll be the guy today. I will piss off the guy and see what he does. Mm-hmm. It's like that's part of their program. See, that would be an awesome little bit <laughs> if they'd put in the show. <laughs> I would have enjoyed that immensely as they were passing right, money that back. deleted scene. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, McManus takes, uh, I, I like to call it the walk of shame through solitary to see all his failures. And they're all barking at him. Hmm? They're all barking at him. Yes. <laughs> they are. Uh, and then I'm, I'm putting in some more deleted scenes right here. Uh, Tim and Sister Pete discuss whether or not Alvarez is ready for parole. And Father Ray talks to Leo about Alvarez. And then Tim tries to convince Leo that Alvarez is ready for parole. Those were all deleted. But they had that scene where like, they all tried to convince Glenn that Alvarez was ready for parole. Didn't they have one that had like Tim and Sister Pete and... Yeah. I don't know if there was another person, but like I know those two were there. And they were talking to Glenn about, like, come on, Alvarez, chance. <laughs> and mm-hmm. he's like, get the fuck out, or I'm going to call the guy <laughs> and put an end to this bullshit right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why um, he suddenly became, um, oh, God, my brain is gone. Never mind. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that was really all that they didn't really need all these other scenes saying the same thing. Okay. That's, I guess, why they were cut. But isn't this the scene where Glenn comes back to Sister Pete and says, hey, we haven't talked. You haven't talked to me in a while. It had to be this episode because it's the last episode. Right. Is it now? I I don't know. Maybe. I don't remember that specifically. God damn it. I know. (laughs) I don't remember any scenes that I remember. I know. (laughs) I can't collaborate any of this. (laughs) 
I'm just and Amelia's here. not saying anyway. anything. I know, and Amelia never says anything. <laughs> He's like, Mommy and Daddy are fighting again. <laughs> <laughs> Amelia, do you remember the scene in question? <sighs> no. Damn. Damn your eyes. <laughs> Damn it. All right. So, and then, hey, Tim and Gloria, they, they have coffee, and that's all. Just coffee. And they talk about saving prisoners. So next we have uh, a new guy, a new uh, biker slash Aryan <laughs> Cutler. Yeah. He's planning to kill Saeed. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, this gets back to Omar and Saeed. Um, Omar warns Cutler, uh, but ends up almost killing him instead. And this time, Tim says he's going to follow follow the book and sends Omar back to solitary. Okay, did anybody for a second believe that Omar fight? <laughs> um, kind Come of. On. Kind of. Omar was... is... He, he's kind of weird, yeah. He can... He's weird? <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> weird this one, that fight. He's a weird fighter. <laughs> You weird guy! Ah! Let me... I got muscles and shit, but... Ah! You're so weird! Uh, yeah. That guy was like four times his size! And he like... Got on him like a freaking spider monkey! And exactly! <laughs> exactly. Choke him out! It's like... Okay, I have no belief that he couldn't have stood up at any point like a Wookiee <laughs> to the nearest wall and just back rubbed him to death. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, those big guys aren't really smart sometimes. Okay. <laughs> uh, so in the commentary, this is where he did actually, Tom Fontana had something to say. Um, the characters of Omar White and Burr Redding kind of took over the roles um, that Adebisi had of one unpredictability with Omar White and the leadership of the, the gang in with Burr Redding. And um, so they, they kind of took over those roles that uh, the character of Adebisi was filling. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think unpredictability with power is far more interesting yeah than unpredictability with no power and annoyance yes <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah although omar has somewhat grown on me and i now accept him as a character in the show <laughs> whereas before he was just an intruder who was really pissing me off but now, now, finally, he's a real character in the show. Now he's a Phil. I buy him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> About as much as any other inmate does. Okay. It's like, oh, it's that fucking guy. Yeah. <laughs> the weird one who could choke me out if he really wanted to. Uh, and he can kind of sing, but I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I got rhythm. Why does he sound like Sammy Davis Jr.? <sighs> I don't when know. He's... Maybe he's trying to do an impression when he's singing, and it, uh-huh. it like I said, he's weird. <laughs> <laughs> so weird, yeah. Then we get back to the. Is that the, like old weird Harold? Old weird Harold. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. Cosby? <laughs> Cosby show. Fat <laughs> Albert and the Cosby kids? Old yeah. Weird Harold? <laughs> so we get back to uh, to Rebidow and his grandson. and Attempted to rail fail. <laughs> yeah. <I'm... sighs> Tired. <laughs> it's not going to happen. We're almost done. <laughs> so Rebidow's grandson is near death. Uh, he requests a visit. And it's it's granted, and these are all, you know, scenes filmed last season, ah. in, on the old set. Mm. Uh, also, Norma comes to visit Boost Malice. Uh, she but she's pregnant, so he turns around and walks out. And um, you know she that the actress she's the one she's married to J.K. Simmons, and this was a real pregnancy. So, something they I talked about in the commentary. Did not know that. There you go. I was kind of hoping we'd find out the reason. Yeah, but I guess I didn't like the lack of closure there. See, yeah. there is America wanting more. <laughs> Yay! But oh well. But no, alas. And that night there was a storm. The power went out. Rebidow's grandson died. And, then, and he somehow equates it with his life and near death years ago and says that this is God missing a generation and getting my grandson instead. I had a funny feeling you didn't write that down, so I just threw that in. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> Fuck her! <laughs> and the next day... Um, Brass comes back and decides to give Rebidow money. Too late. Yeah. Yeah. So that was supposed to happen last season? That scene of him coming back? Probably. So this actor was not supposed to be in the show this season. If all of his scenes were shot last season. Because isn't that the only time we see that character? Brass? Hmm? Yeah, when he comes back. Well, when he's involved with like the whole with money show. Yeah. So all his scenes yeah. were shot last season. Because he doesn't have a plot B. Right. He's only got plot A. Yeah, and, unless they added that part of the story for this season. I don't. That part, I don't know. They didn't say. They just said some of the ones, like with um, the, the scenes with when uh, Rebidow was leaving and when leaving to go visit um, his grandson in the hospital and then when... Um, when he found out, when, when Tim told him that his grandson had died, mm. those were all filmed before. So I guess it could be done to just cover up the way he looked, if he looked different, if he had a different haircut or more hair. Maybe. Okay. I don't Does know. not matter. Yeah. Except, is he in the next season? I don't, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I know major characters, but I don't, I'm not sure of... Uh, Press. Okay. Next, oh, there, there was a deleted scene there. Tim and Gloria talk about Rebidow and physical and emotional pain. Then the next scene here is Beecher's mom comes to visit after Gunzel's funeral. <clears throat> uh, Beecher feels guilty and confesses to Sister Pete, and Schillinger is, I guess, convicted of. Um, 
the rapes of Gunzel and Winthrop and sent to solitary. And then they come back with uh, with Keller. We're back to Keller again. And he was found guilty. And Sister Pete is there to meet him when he comes back. And so he strips. One for the ladies. <laughs> that's what Keller does. And uh, Show me your tits. <laughs> so, okay, and this was... Okay, Amelia, this was the bizarre Chris Milani scene for me. Okay. <laughs> because he has no body hair. <laughs> and what appears to be like a landing strip, like he got a Brazilian. So. <laughs> oh my God, you're bringing this to whack. <laughs> you are bringing this to your job. I'm, I'm an esthetician. Amazing. I notice these things. I Amazing. <laughs> So. <laughs> I am amazed. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was odd. So <laughs> it was odd. He has a landing strip. <laughs> <laughs> I am amazed. So yeah, the the only thing that they mentioned in the in the commentary was, uh oh, there's Chris Milani. Better be naked soon. <laughs> And they said also about his his schedule, he would go work at Oz in the morning and then go to SVU in the afternoons. So he had some long days there for a while. Lightweight. (laughs) (laughs) Not a Michael J. Fox. Nothing on him. (laughs) And then um, they, they also said B.D. Wong was on like the opposite schedule. So they would kind of passing the night right (laughs) except maybe once in a while on the svu set (laughs) then um when beecher hears about the guilty verdict he decides he's going to break his promise to himself and he goes and sees keller and they have a they they reunite they kiss they (laughs) back together together again yes this is this was my weird christopher maloney observation (laughs) Okay. Um, okay. When they kiss, Christopher Maloney does not look like a very good kisser. <laughs> now, I Too understand. Messy. And what is a very good kisser? No, please? no, it's not that. No. And it could it could be that they were kissing through the bars. Might have had something to do with it's it. Kind of awkward, an awkward, kind of angle. awkward. And it could be. You apologist, you Christopher Maloney, kissing apologist. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. And you know, it could be. I also thought, well, maybe because he's kissing a guy, some actors are not very comfortable with that, so they just look awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but but they've kissed before, right. so. Right. They should be comfortable with it after this many years. And was it bad before or was it better before? And this time it seemed odd. I don't know because I don't remember. I don't remember. The specifics of previous season's kisses. But this specific kiss, he just doesn't look like a very good kisser. Okay. Which I know is odd. And it's one of those things that I remember, like, when I was a teenager, my friends and I would watch movies and you see an actor 
kissing another actor and you're like, hey, he looks like he's a pretty good kisser. Mm-hmm. And just in that scene, I was looking at it going, oh, Christopher Maloney. <laughs> Yeah. Not looking like a very good kisser there. Yeah. So yes. Yeah. See, there are some actors you see them kiss. And you're like, yes, it, it's looks, awesome. right. looks like a good kiss. Yeah. Christopher Maloney doesn't look like a good kisser. Not so much, huh? Now you know if Christopher Maloney is listening, would like to prove me wrong. Then by all means, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but unfortunately, from that scene, doesn't look like a very good kisser. Okay. Oddly enough, if you ever see Ethan Hawke kiss somebody in a movie, looks like a really good kisser. <laughs> see, we really are girls. There you go. <laughs> Someone was questioning your sex. <laughs> no, I mean, we can talk I, about I, really girly. I want to hear. Too. I want to hear that feedback that we got. <laughs> Man, that's Susan. That Susan's a man. I don't buy that at all. <laughs> Please, I want to hear this feedback. Oh my gosh. And moving on. So, <laughs> Cyril gets transferred to death row. Here's the scene. And he, he kind of he goes nuts because he doesn't have his, his sock puppet, Jericho. Yeah, but see, what was the scene where she was given the sock puppet? And then the other scene in Solitary where he named it Jericho. Well, he named it Jericho a long time ago. That was in the, I guess, the beginning of this season. Well, he only got it when he went to court. She gave it to him just before, like, after the first day of court where things went badly, she gave him the sock puppet and told him, uh, whisper to this. Mm -hmm. Really quietly, whenever you got a question, and then you can, he can tell me all the things you you said and i'll answer the questions when you get back oh, okay so like that happened this four season episodes you can't fool me <laughs> this actually happened i know for a fact <laughs> and then when he got sent to solitary he was told to leave the sock puppet no when he got sent to death row death row yeah he got from sent solitary to right 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 correct and that's yeah that's why he went went nuts there when he got to death row. Well, he got he went nuts because he was like, I'm not supposed to be here. Somehow, right. he yeah. knows what death row looks like. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, or unless that would have been his reaction no matter where he went if it wasn't lost. Oh, he probably knew because, remember, he, w- he was delivering food from, hmm. the, from the cafeteria when he worked in there. So, so he's been around the prison. Okay. He would have had to deliver there, too. Good catch, Susan. Yeah. <laughs> And then Ryan chooses lethal injection for Cyril's execution. And then he also, he talks to Father Mian about his sister Carolyn, who died when she was an infant. Um, Then his dad comes to visit. And they talk about what really happened, is that the dad killed the baby. He uh, shook her to death. And then um, covered it up, made it look like she fell out of her crib and died. And then um, after after talking to his father and talking to me and, and everything, then Ryan decides that he's going to fight for Cyril's life now. He's going to help Sister Pete and, uh, and try and help Cyril. 
And then we have Hill comes back to M City. He promises Poet he won't rat him out about the drugs. Uh, then Hill and Redding reconcile and are close again. And while they're talking, the Sicilians are talking to Morales and make an attempt on Redding's life. But instead, Hill dies. Mm. Now, see, you just spoiled it. Because Hill... Oh, yeah, he did die. We saw him die. Mm-hmm. I, th- <laughs> I thought he was bleeding out. But, like, now I remember, no, he actually died. <laughs> he said I could feel my legs. Yeah. I'm, you know, tired, too. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> it's like, wait, you said the same thing when, when Adebisi died. <laughs> it's like, you ruined it. You spoiled it. You are you are the spoiler. <laughs> so, Yeah. So that's one more season down the drain. Two more episodes to go. What? Yay. So Only eight episodes, right? Eight eight shows, yes. <laughs> so the, the shows to start the final season are Dead Man Talking, See No Evil, Hear No Evil, Smell No Evil, Sonata de Oz, and A Failure to Communicate. 